Today is December 16th, 2022. My name is Spencer Ingram. This show is called Reality Stretch. Welcome. Let's stretch reality together. Good morning. Day two of this thing, huh? So... I listened to um, the podcast I put up yesterday, and I it, it just was like way too long, and I was just rambling. I know that um, I know that it was just the first time I uploaded, so I'll give I'll give myself a break. But I was thinking, and uh, I was thinking that if I was looking through trying to find a substantive podcast. I would want it to be, like, shorter, like, bite-sized, something that's easier, because you're risking, uh, you're risking your time if you're going to delve into a, a, a new podcast, and if the podcast is shorter, more, you know, easier to ingest, anyway, I want to make it shorter, I want to make it, um, I know I was talking about going for an hour. We can start with an hour, but I might bring it down to 35 minutes. Who knows? 45 minutes. I don't know. But I also want to speak a little bit faster. I think I was speaking more slowly. We'll see. I might have to just maintain it my natural gait, and then people can speed it up in their own podcast app. Also, like at the end of the video... I got super quiet and forgot to monitor or mix the sound levels of the microphone. So I'm going to be monitoring the microphone level a little bit more today to hopefully fix that. So yeah, yesterday was a fun learning experience and today is going to be another one. So fun, fun, fun. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to put in the sandbox for reference remember the objective here is to have a substantive podcast we want it to have real substance we want it to have nuggets and tidbits of useful and interesting information takeaways if you will instead of just me rambling on and the general format and terms that i will reference in this podcast and in this stream i also need to find a way to pull up the chat in the event that i do have viewers then i'd like to be able to interact with them in real time so i'll have like my twitter open have my twitch chat open have my youtube chat open so that i'm gonna slap in the sandbox for another day um because as of right now i have like i'd mentioned the audience of none but a willing heart and mind, right? Uh, so I'm going to add in the sandbox before I forget. Figure out the chat thing for live streams, etc. Because I really did have a very friendly bot that hopped on the first day I tested this. And they're like, hey, I'm a bot. I can help you with your chat. 
I was like, hey, isn't that great? Welcome, bot. What a friendly bot. Okay, so I already have an idea of some things that I want to slap in the sandbox. Uh, where did I put that? Ding, ding, ding. Because I have some things that I think are... Uh, where is this? Oh, here it is. I have some things that I think are... Uh, like I mentioned, what goes in the sandbox? The sandbox is a term for what occurs to me throughout the day that I think is interesting, but I don't want to take time or shouldn't take time right then and there to investigate it, to treat it. So the sandbox is the field of all possibilities. A distraction comes along, welcome the distraction. It's a creative new thought. Uh, take that thought and, you know, thank it for, for coming into your life. Then write it down in... I call it the sandbox. Um, and then I move, I, I skim through my sandbox ideas and uh, select ones for treatment. Ideas that ought to actually be processed and investigated, looked into further. And then if I'm honing my skill on an already familiar concept, I call that mastery. Okay, so there's three general aspects. Sandbox, treatment, and mastery. Why am I doing all of this? Mentioned previously, this podcast is a, an, a public accountability for me because no one may ever listen to or watch or participate in this show, but I'm putting it out there in cyberspace and I'm going to be accountable to that thought of, yeah, I don't want to wake up at 6. I want to sleep in until 9. Nope, I'm going to get up and go stream because my goal is to learn something new every day, have a productive morning, and I'm going to stream it. Now, my hope in doing this is that it will inspire everyone to do the same. It will inspire some to do the same. If you're not already... Because I'm very much uh, wake up first thing in the morning, look at Twitter, look at social media, send the whole day to hell in a handbasket. I'm very much that guy. And this is, um, but according to my brand of reality stretch, being able to stretch reality, even though I am that guy, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the 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 one that lets other influences and entities so readily influence and sway me and steer me having voluntarily surrendered my time and attention to them and my will to them i want to be proactive so that again that's the intent i know i discussed that yesterday so i mentioned i have some things i want to talk about today let's flush let's flush those out okay here we go I'm going to pull up my monitor here. So, I'm also, at some point today, I'm going to figure out how blogging works in 2022. I blogged in, like, the early, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> um, what's changed? What's the best 
you know, back then we would use like Blogspot to just create a hurriedly free blog. Is that what people are still using, Blogspot? I don't know. So, all right. Um, this is also show notes. So, yesterday I figured out how to export the audio of this recording and upload it as a podcast. Today, uh, the platform I chose was rss.com. I thought they seemed to have the simplest concept and the simplest user interface and the most uh, hosting bandwidth available rather than charging me per hour in excess of a limit. Maybe they do that, but at least I didn't see it advertised. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But good platform. So I figured out on like day one last week, I figured out how to stream And yesterday, I figured out how to export the audio and upload it as a podcast. Today, I'm going to figure out best. The best is the loaded word. I'll figure out uh, a way, a good way to host a blog. And then I'll publish these show notes to the blog. All right. So my show notes might take the form of sandbox treatment mastery conclusion. Maybe, or it might just be straight up, boom, just random notes. So, discussion on the program uh, format. Okay, now let's see here. If we have a sandbox, what are we throwing in the sandbox today? All right, so first I want to talk about a new word. I discussed it on a high level yesterday. I'm calling it proactable not proactable proactable um so that's what i'm calling it no it's stuck should we try to change it maybe we can change it but for now it's proactable so we need to define it i know what i want to say i just need to figure out the best way to say it i mentioned it yesterday so then also chat gpt i want to discuss prior Inputs I put in and what the outputs were, I screenshotted them and put them on my Twitter. One of them is particularly hilarious, and I want to talk about that. Okay, then uh, yesterday in the show, I mentioned some uh, research, some studies. Find the studies mentioned yesterday, because... I want this to be a substantive uh, podcast. Now, if I heard someone just say, long time ago there was a study and I don't remember who it was or what it was or whatever, then I would be disappointed. So in an effort to give out what I would wish to receive, let's find some uh, sources, sources on that. Let's maybe read the abstract. Let's just take a look and see what we can find. Okay? All right, then... Uh, the five elements of a business. Let's talk about that from Josh Kaufman. And then um, blogging. And then what's a current event? I've been seeing Jack. Um, do, uh, <laughs> I just I just think of Jack. Who's Twitter guy? Why is my brain Why is my brain farting this morning? Jack Dorsey? Is it Dorsey? Jack 
founder of Twitter. Which Jack is the... Jack Dorsey. <laughs> Jack Dorsey's been, like, spending time in Ghana currently at, like, this Bitcoin convention. And now he's all on about... Uh, not... Uh, I don't even know how to say it. Noster? Noster? N-O-S-T-R? It's this new protocol. I don't know anything about it. And it this is a current event. It's fresh. I think we should talk about it. So, briefly, let me talk about words in general. Let's go through this. All right, you ready? Let's go through this. Let's go through this together. Oh, and then lastly, I got to figure out an outro for the show. Do I or don't I? I think so. I think I should have an outro every day. All right, so now we're moving into treatment. I've identified what I want in the sandbox, and I got to control the sandbox 100% always and forever. But in the event that I have an audience or a community, I will be taking input and suggestions into the sandbox as well. So if you want to influence this show, participate in it, have me look up something you think would be interesting or something you want to hear. Maybe you're driving to work and you listen to this on the morning commute. So it this is like a weird human version of chat GPT or Google. If you're like, man, this is something I want to know more about, but I really don't care enough about it to uh, look into it myself. So I'm going to tweet at Reality Stretch and say, hey, talk about this on your show. And I'll be like, sure, if I think it's interesting. And if I don't think it's an interesting concept or topic, you have to make the case to me as to why you think I should be interested in it. <laughs> Sell it to me. All right. Okay. So let's talk about words real quick. Um, I would ar- I would argue with people from a very young age, and my, my siblings can vouch for this okay i would argue from a very young age that if i say a made up word it's not made up it is a word and i would argue this and they i would be told by people by friends whoever that no they just wouldn't believe me they wouldn't believe me if i say i say a word it is a word I say a word, I define a word, it is now a word. And interestingly enough, I would get so much pushback from people because they're like, if I can't find it in a dictionary, then it's not a word. Or, you know, obviously my logic doesn't count in the event you're playing Scrabble or Boggle or something because the rules of the game are it has to be in the dictionary. But in, in, in everyday use... Who writes the dictionary? Where did the dictionary come from? It's, it's not like someone said, I'm going to invent the English language and I'm going to start by defining a list of acceptable words, terms, and their definitions. No, that didn't happen. A dictionary is very reactive. It, it, isn't it? Or is it not? What's the origins of a dictionary? I imagine that the language already exists. And then someone says, hey, let's make a... Um, let's make a an index of of all the words and their acceptable use and their definition. Uh, so a- interesting. What is the origin of a dictionary? What is the first dictionary? Let's find out real quick. Let's take a slight detour because now I'm curious. What is the history of the dictionary? We'll probably land up on. Um, Okay, so this is on Wikipedia. 
Now, ye, quick note on Wikipedia. I I would argue with um, with a lot of my professors in school because obviously in school they say Wikipedia is not a scholarly source, and I agree because largely anyone can can edit it. But that, isn't that the beauty of it? Like it is crowdsourced, crowdsourced um, encyclopedia, and. Isn't that amazing? Because if I'm going to read about agriculture and bean farming, I would rather read about it from a bean farmer than an academic who has just studied agriculture and bean farming but hasn't actually done it. Is that is that harsh? Is that too critical? That's my take on it. But what are the controls on the content? I don't know. But, you know, it seems to be pretty pretty accurate generally so let's find out there's an article here from britannica history and development of dictionaries and then there's the wikipedia page dictionary let's treat these quickly because we want to move on to other things um in fact i do want to get to other things uh so i'll write this down for further review because it is interesting let me read this real quick. Dictionary, reference work that lists words usually in alphabetical order and gives their meanings and often other information such as pronunciations, etymologies, and variant spellings. The earliest dictionaries, such as those created by Greeks in the, of the first century CE, emphasized changes that had occurred in the meanings of word over time. The close juxtaposition of languages in Europe led to the appearance from the early Middle Ages on of many bilingual and multilingual dictionaries. The movement to produce an English dictionary was partly prompted by a desire for wider literacy so that common people could read scripture. Ah, 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 the common people, the people of the earth, the people, the, you know, that's, that's, that's me. Now, the, now a common person is reading about the history of the dictionary, huh? Uh, Common people could read scripture, and partly by a frustration that no regularity in spelling existed in the language. The first purely English word dictionary was Robert Caudry's A Table Alphabetical in 1604, treating some 3,000 words. In 1746-47, Samuel Johnson undertook the most ambitious English dictionary to that time, a list of 43,500 words. Noah's Webster's Dictionary of Americanisms in the early, early 19th century sprang from a recognition of the changes and variations within language. The immense Oxford English Dictionary was begun in the late 19th century. Today, there are various levels of dictionaries, general purpose dictionaries being most common. Modern lexi lexicographers, dictionary makers, describe current and past language but rarely prescribe it's use. They describe... So, so my, my question here, everybody, is... So, a dictionary is a compilation or preservation of, of words used. So, if I make up a word, define it, and use it, that is now a word. But so many people think it's not a word until it's in a dictionary. Until they can find it in a dictionary. And I, I reject the assumption or assignment of that authority to other people to decide what words I can and cannot speak. Who's going to curate that? So the fact that someone says a word and defines it, and since I am 
publicly streaming this to cyberspace, I now declare that I have invented a new word today called proactable. It's an adjective, and it refers to someone's... Um, it's kind of a, a synonym or a combination of responsible, proactive. Um, so I will I'll type out a definition, but I, I, you know, but it's going to look something like this. The definition is going to look something like this. The ability of someone to proactively responsibly accurately and <laughs> enthusiastically and definitively crush or smash now nah, it's got to sound more legit than that definitively crush their um, tasks for that day. Well, it's got to make it sound more academic, perhaps. But the ability of someone to proactively, responsibly, accurately, enthusiastically, and definitively crush their tasks for that day. What's your propensity to do all of those things when approaching the daily charge in front of you when approaching your daily um what would you say jurisdiction uh, no there's a word there's a word for it stewardship stewardship's fine the ability of someone to proactively, responsibly, accurately, enthusiastically, and definitively crush their tasks for that day. So for now, that's the definition of proactable. Now, my question is, how can I get it into a dictionary? Because I've used it now, and how widespread does a word have to be before it becomes in the dictionary, the canon? Uh, I don't think it's as important to be in the dictionary. I think as long as you use it, and I think where I'll start is uh, trying to get recruiters to put it on job uh, job listings, on a job requirement, and something needs to be proactable. All right, uh, <laughs> how to encourage widespread adoption target recruiters to list this as a requirement for a job posting and then what's the easiest way to just get it out there should i put a definition on urban dictionary the problem is if i put a, a definition out there and yes i checked one does not exist it's a remarkable that if you Google proactable and you search for the exact term, it doesn't exist. Um, so the fact that we've created something here on this show that genuinely did not exist before, this is its first use case. Welcome. That's stretching reality. <laughs> so I, I mean, honestly, the only reason I did it is because there wasn't a word that I could think of 
there wasn't a word that I could think of that embodied the spirit of what I was trying to convey. You can only do it in like these five words or, or five or fewer. You know, whoever can come up with the most concise definition or way to convey this concept. But proactive, sure. Responsible, but but proactive though, in my opinion, it's it's more about taking the initiative and and starting something, taking ownership of something, and simultaneously starting it. But it doesn't refer to the 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 speed with which you complete the tasks, or and it doesn't refer to the completion of the task at all. In my opinion, that's my opinion. Some may take fault with that because if you're proactive to start something, you can also be proactive to conclude it. But anyway, um, so proactively, that's why I threw definitively in there because you're gonna you're gonna finish something a hundred percent. You're gonna go through. It's kind of like grit and resilience. You could throw those in there too. Anyway, enough time spent. Proactable, it's a word. And the question of the day is, how proactable are you? Now, maybe I'll start using this word on Twitter. Maybe I'll create a listing on Urban Dictionary. And then maybe over the course of the next three years, there will follow 15 other definitions of that word on Urban Dictionary. And people will vote for the one they think is best. So, <laughs> Urban Dictionary is, well, it's highly entertaining, but... You know, whenever I whenever I say something, um, <laughs> often, often I will, um, because of my religious uh, upbringing and the way I try to live my life right now, I try to be religious. Um, ends up, ends up, I have generated a lot of foot and mouth moments over the the course of my lifetime where I say something then those in the know start laughing. They're like, good one, man. <laughs> I see what you did there. And it just leaves me slightly slightly puzzled, Sl slightly bewildered of, uh-oh, what did I just say? And then, I have, and then I try to Google it or look it up on Urban Dictionary, and then I'm like, oh, hmm. you know, what, why can't words be innocent anymore? Is there, is there a, an Uno reverse card or an undo to uh, change society's perception, but no, and, and, and well, how does it get into the zeitgeist in the first place, you know, how, how does society actually perceive a word, who represents society, uh, who speaks on behalf of society, does anyone, do we assign the the establishment and maintenance of our culture to, to institutions, and who controls that anymore, I feel like less and less, less, I think at one point it was Hollywood, uh, and the types, but I think we're moving more and more away from that. And a prime example is this. So th this is part, part of what I spoke about yesterday. If you were to send a, um, a time capsule out there to an extraterrestrial audience, it was intended for an extraterrestrial audience, okay? If you were to send out a time capsule, what would you put in it? And um, What's interesting about that, I lost my train of thought because I was like, should I put this in show notes? How do you maintain show notes at the same time you're you're exploring an idea? Because this isn't in my show notes that I'm writing to put on a blog. Can you maintain accurate show notes? What would be funny is if my show notes had nothing to do with the actual show. That might be more funny. You can dabble in two 
information sources at once. Anyway, so it used to be decades ago that everybody watched the same freaking programming every single day. Let's say Gilligan's Island. Why not? Was Gilligan's Island ever widely watched? I don't know. But you know some series were back in the day. And kids would get home from school and they would just turn on that program. The next day at school, everybody would discuss it. And, uh, hey, did you, sh- did you see the, the XYZ show last night? And, oh, I couldn't believe this happened. Man, that was so crazy. And it, it's just everybody, everybody in a culture or demographic watched the same program. Because that's the way the programming worked, okay? But now, with the availability and the prevalence of so much disparate information, I believe that we will see, and we have been seeing, more of a stratification of of culture, of interests. You see it right now today. We all know the person who's interested in anime or manga or manhwa, um... We know the people that are into uh, Naruto, if I said that right. Uh, they're into all sorts of different things. And and then we know the people who are, I mean, there's just, like, I had friends growing up that were super into Pokemon. And I never got into Pokemon. You know, I was raised on, like, Calvin and Hobbes by Bill Watterson who I sincerely believe that that is the greatest I, I, I mean, I think it eclipses um, Peanuts, personally. Uh, uh, I mean, name a, name a cartoon and a cartoonist better than Calvin and Hobbes. I don't, know if, I don't know if you can. And I'm really glad that he stopped after 10 years because um, I'm sure he could have ca- continued to produce top-notch content. But in my opinion... He's stopped. I don't know what the circulation or syndication was of that comic strip, but he stopped like right, in my opinion, at the summit, at the pinnacle. You know, he he's a good example. Bill Watterson is a good example of um, not overstaying your welcome. Uh, he's 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 the uh, he's the a great example of a mic drop. And because uh, I think Calvin and Hobbes ran from like 1985 to 1995, I think. Why am I looking this up on a different screen? So here's that definition of the Britannica. When did Calvin and Hobbes end? So it ended on New Year's Eve, 1995. That is an intentional move there. That is a deliberate end. When did Calvin and Hobbes end? When did it start? November 18th, 1985. Yep, so I was right. A 10-year span. And I'm telling you, man, I cried. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I cried on the final episode. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. This show's small enough. I'm not going to get in trouble for uh, copyright stuff, am I? I don't know. If Bill Watterson ever sees this, and if he ever hits me with a copyright claim, I will be thrilled. I will be thrilled. Um, so maybe I should try to get his attention just so I can try to get hit with a copyright. Because that would be the greatest badge of honor to hear from the reclusive Bill Watterson, I think. 
All right, let's look at how he finished his his Calvin and Hobbes legacy out. So in this panel, I'm going to read the the dialogue. It, it's a it's only he was known so as a cartoonist he was known for breaking convention because prior to to Bill Watterson, cartoonists would put uh their their panels in like an individual uh square rectangle shape and they were all they didn't cross between panels uh, if that makes sense like imagine just a standard grid and none of the none of the drawings overlapped the, each panel or section of the grid and bill watterson really revolutionized the concept of a panel because they were all different shapes and sizes they bled between each other some animations, uh, some drawings crossed panels. And I remember watching this like documentary or reading about it that when he first started releasing these newspapers were like, uh, you can't do this. I don't know if that's true, but man, look at this. What a way to finish a series. So first panel, Calvin says, wow, it really snowed last night. Isn't it wonderful? And again, this is on New Year's Eve. Remember that Hobbes says, Everything familiar has disappeared. The world looks brand new. And he's holding a sled. Hobbes is holding a sled. They're getting ready to sled. Calvin says, a new year, a fresh, clean start. And he's got a big smile on his face. They're not fighting, which for fans of this this production... They know that the standard marching orders are fighting, arguing, debating, and maybe 5%, 10% of the time, there's a, a, a panel that doesn't have any friction. Okay. Calvin says, a new year, a fresh, clean start. Hobbes says, it's like having a big white sheet of paper to draw on. Calvin says, a day full of possibilities. Then Calvin says, it's a magical world, Hobbes, old buddy. And then it shows him on their sled, heading off the panel down the hill. And Calvin says, let's go exploring. Mike Drop, Mr. Bill Watterson, hats off to you. The first time I read that panel, I I straight up cried. I'm not gonna lie. It, Calvin and Hobbes had such an influence on me when I was younger, and I can't wait for my kids to. Uh, actually, I started reading Calvin and Hobbes when I was like the age my son is now. So, granted, I didn't understand a lot of the 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 jokes and vocabulary used because it's it's quite a sophisticated script um but there's humor in there for all ages and all levels of understanding it's just there are some there are some strips in this series in this production by bill watterson that i would read now at this age and understand totally differently than when i did when i was small younger i, I can now understand for the most part the perceived meaning but it's 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 an intelligent strip, very very funny, and I'm a huge fan. So anyway, so why did why did I start talking about Calvin and Hobbes? 
what were we doing? Um, <laughs> like, oh man, I just got the good feels. I've got the good vibes. Oh yeah, I was talking about how. So, I read Calvin and Hobbes every single strip ever released. I have them in a collection. The spine is wearing out because I think they were uh, improperly bound personally because and now there are more editions out i have like a three volume edition and now there's like four volume editions out i think they realize because just by resting the books in a shelf the spine will pull away from from the contents but my point is there are people out there that have never read calvin and Hobbes. we don't have a unified culture we don't have a single channel or stream of culture anymore and the natural evolution of that will be more of a, a cultural stratis, stratification between interests. So no more can people go, you know, to school or wherever in their social circle and say, "Man, did you see what happened on the the show last night?" More more often than not, two strangers connecting or even friends connecting are going to have disparate and diverse interests. So. Uh, just an interesting cultural phenomenon. So, what is the zeitgeist, and who defines what? What? Who defines what is prevalent in culture? Who are the cultural icons that move that forward? Is there? Who can speak for the entire culture? Interesting thought experiment. And and who is that in your life that defines your personal culture? Do you reserve that right purely for yourself? Who's influencing you? Who's deciding what your culture is for you? Deciding for you what your culture is. I obviously assigned some of my own development in my formational years to Bill Watterson. <laughs> because I loved Calvin and Hobbes. It, was, it brought so much joy to my life uh, reading it now and you could say to further that it was my dad that gave me my first calvin and Hobbes book when i was uh is that how that worked or did i get it from the library and then my dad was like i'm pretty sure my dad my dad told me i needed to go look for calvin and Hobbes at the library either way he's like Oh, Calvin and Hobbes, that's the best. But I don't remember if it was because I brought it home and he agreed with the decision or if he's the one that initiated the decision. I don't know. We'll have to, I don't know. It's immaterial, but my dad has a huge influence on me and my life and the trajectory. What I do now for my day job was on the advice of my dad, building a career out of it. Love it. Uh, so anyway... Sorry, I've got like this weird fuzz on my lip. There we go. Weird. All right, so real quick, chat GPT in my Twitter feed. Let's look at Twitter. So I have managed to derail this show a little bit, so I'm going to have to change what the what the what the, the the name of the show is when I upload it as a podcast because the contents of this 45 minutes to an hour ended up being way different than what I planned on. Oh, well. Um, let's see here. So I have... Who am I following? <laughs> so... Uh, I follow Mark Andreessen, follow Jack Dorsey, follow Elon Musk. 
You know, let's get some diversification because my, my follows are just full of billionaires. Uh, anyway, Elon Musk is a hoot. What an entertaining figure. Six hours ago posted, Twitter right now is fire. Posted four fire emojis. Anyway. Ooh, Lex Friedman. The GOAT. I hope that Twitter becomes a place for civil debates between people on the left and the right. Many folks will mock this idea, but I refuse to accept cynicism. I think social media, when done well, can be a great place for high-quality, entertaining, good-faith debates. Well said, Lex. I agree. Let me retweet that. Uh, Twitter, prior to the Musk takeover, in my opinion, was ten times more toxic than it is now. Uh, when he took over Twitter, and, and I can give you examples, and it's still, still, still very, very, very toxic when you read comments um, on people's posts. But anyway, looking for some good follows. So, so I will benefit the most if I actually get an audience because I'll be exposed to new ideas and things I hadn't considered before. Right now, this show, even though it's acting as my personal accountability and my personal journal, it's also my own personal echo chamber as well. And I am... am I'm trying to stretch my reality, trying to expand my mind, but having external input and having contributions from from my circle helps to do that with great rapidity. With greater rapidity, okay? So why are we here? Let's look at my Twitter. Um, let's look at my Twitter. I just followed this person named Maya. Uh, Maya Higa at Maya Higa is her at. She uh, like she started like a looks looks like founder of a bird sanctuary. For some reason, Twitter recommended her to me, and I clicked on her profile. And yeah, she founded a bird sanctuary, and that's super 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 interesting to me. Like how random is that? How many people have founded a bird sanctuary? Anyway. So I, I couldn't resist. I follow her now, and that's a that's a diverse follow. Follow that's someone that wasn't in my life before. Twitter introduced me to them and their content. So thank you, Twitter. Right here, she's posting a video about some goat with a psycho eyeball. Goat eyes are the creepiest things, man. Let me make. I'm this, passing the phone to someone who one bigger. time chased on. me into the barn. Uh, unmuted it. Started playing her content. But yeah, there's a psycho goat close up of a goat face with that weird like eye where it has like a rectangular pupil in the eye all right well shoot let's look at my um my page my twitter page here zero followers that's what we like to see guys zero followers my audience my beloved audience of none okay i need to delete this other one that i did because it was a mistake All right, so why am I here on my Twitter thing? Because I want to read to you some of the things that I've generated on with ChatGPT. Some of the things ChatGPT has generated on my behalf. Okay, let me show you real quick. For anyone, open AI. 
if you just Google OpenAI ChatGPT, you can go and create an account. Introducing ChatGPT research release. Try. So you just need to go to chat.openai.com. And I need to re-log in. Did I do it with Google or what did I do? Full record. Now, instead of generating, I should generate an... What? <laughs> CAPTCHA showed up. This, man, the, the, the trickery that's involved here is just outrageous. I'm not a human. What relevance is this? Select all squares with bicycles. If there are none, click skip. Guess what? There are none. There's a cement mixer, a road, and some turf. So hit skip. Oh, now it's going to trick me though. There's some bicycles in this shot. So give me two images. Oh, oh no. And then there's like a sign of a bicycle. Does the sign? No, no. That's more like a scooter. All right. Welcome back. Um, enter my password. I have it auto saved. All right. We're experiencing exceptionally high demand. Please hang tight as we work on scaling our system. Fair enough. Fair enough, chat GPT. So you can type anything here. So what should we type today? I'm more interested in table reads because they tell an actual story uh, in, in the context of how the narration sounds in my mind. So you can just say, tell me a story. Or you can say, give me a table read or give me a script or give me a pitch if you want to hear something creative. So... Um, I'll, I'll say today, tell me a two-minute story about what? About dinosaurs, uh, dinosaurs, um, poor decisions. The problem is, um, I'm going to say, tell me a two-minute story about the following topics in a random or recursive order. Let's see if that works. Because the problem is, so far I've observed in, I don't know, is ChatGPT, um, is it, is it individually curated? Can I train it? And then my training set is unique to my user credentials? Uh, so it says it remembers what user said in earlier conversations, allows user to provide follow-up corrections, train to decline, an, okay, an appropriate request, all right, whatever. Tell me a two-minute story about the following topics in a random or recursive order. Because so far, if you just spit out a bunch of topics it, and put commas between them, it's just gonna address each one sequentially. So dinosaurs, poor decisions, Pirates, um, pirates, politicians, and a sentient and a sentient internet router because I just looked at my internet router 
Ah. So, tell me a two-minute story about the following topics in a random or recursive order. Dinosaurs, poor decisions, pirates, politicians, and a, a sentient internet router. Here's ChatGPT's response. Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a group of politicians who made a series of poor decisions. One day, they decided... So that's already a good sign, because it didn't start with dinosaurs. Okay, so I think my instruction for a random or recursive order was relevant. All right, sorry. I'm going to start over, and I'm going to just read it straight through. Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a group of politicians who made a series of poor decisions. One day, they decided to bring back the dinosaurs using advanced cloning technology. The dinosaurs were placed on a remote island and the politicians thought they had found the perfect solution to their problems. However, things took a turn for the worse when a group of pirates discovered the island and decided to make it their base of operations. They started hunting the dinosaurs for sport and selling their bones on the black market. As the situation on the island became more and more chaotic, a sentient internet router decided to take matters into its own hands. It hacked into the politicians' computers and exposed all of their secrets to the public, causing a huge scandal and bringing down their entire administration. In the end, the dinosaurs were left to roam free on the island, and the pirates were forced to find a new place to call home. The sentient internet router became a hero, hailed as a champion of justice by the people, and the politicians learned a valuable lesson about the consequences of making poor decisions. Content for days. I want to make that into a book. I should get on Fiverr, or a similar Skillshare Upwork freelance site, and I should find someone to illustrate that. Free, figure out how to publish it. Because that was the bomb. I mean, seriously, I gave it a bunch of inputs. It added elements that I didn't specify. Like the island. I mean, and, and it's intelligent. It didn't just say the sentient router made toast and ate breakfast. It, 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 it said what you would expect a router to be able to do. And you would expect a sentient router to be able to hack into other networks and retrieve it from... I mean, that was brilliant. It was brilliantly written. It was brilliantly presented. And I am going to screenshot that and tweet it out to my audience of... You know... Um... It, it's lonely here. And if I have to spend the whole year not having a single person participating in this fun little get-together, it'll still be valuable for me as using this as my journal in cyberspace. But it would definitely be more, way more fun with people participating. So they could hear this kind of stuff. Chat GPT, you wonderful creature. My goodness, that was one of the greatest things. Hats off to the team at OpenAI. That brought such satisfaction to my morning already. So I'm going to say, chat GPT. Hashtag chat GPT. And I'm going to just put the prompt. Tell me a two-minute story 
about the following topics in a random or recursive order. Because I was hoping that concepts wouldn't just show up once either. I was hoping that they would be, re some things would be, um, they would they would resurface at the beginning. Uh, they would resurface at the end after being introduced in the beginning, because that that's an element of a good story in my opinion. So here we go. I'm going to. Um, uh, that I'm just so satisfied with that story. Now I got to talk about the uh, another one that was just so outrageous. All right, <laughs> there's so many. So this is an example of, I gave it a prompt and um, this is the prompt. Please tell me a seven minute Christmas story geared towards children with a nine year old protagonist involving Santa Claus, Godzilla, fast cars, zombie elves, and cybersecurity. Cause I was interested in, uh, I wanted a funny story to tell the kids, you know, I've got kids. I said, chat, chat GPT, tell me a story, gear it towards children. I'll read quickly. Once upon a time on a snowy Christmas Eve, a nine year old boy named Jack was getting ready for bed. He loved Christmas and couldn't wait for Santa Claus to come and deliver presents to him and his family. But this year, something strange was happening. As Jack lay in bed, he heard a loud roar outside. He got up and looked out the window, and to his surprise, he saw Santa Claus flying through the sky on his sleigh, being chased by a giant monster called Godzilla. Jack quickly woke up his parents and told them what he saw. They didn't believe him at first, but then they heard a, the roar of Godzilla, too. They all ran outside to see what was happening. As they watched, they saw Santa Claus zigzagging through the sky, trying to outmaneuver Godzilla, but the monster was too fast and kept getting closer and closer. Suddenly, a fleet of fast cars appeared out of nowhere and started racing towards Godzilla. They were driven by a team of zombie elves who had been tasked with protecting Santa Claus and the Christmas spirit. The zombie elves revved their engines and sped towards Godzilla, who was now close enough to Santa's sleigh to swipe at it with his massive claws. But the zombie elves were ready, and they used their fast cars to dodge and weave around Godzilla, keeping him at bay. As the battle raged on, Jack realized that Santa Claus and the zombie elves needed his help. He remembered learning about cybersecurity in school, and he quickly grabbed his laptop and got to work. Using his knowledge of computer networks and security, Jack was able to hack into Godzilla's computer system and disable its controls. Without its controls, Godzilla was no longer able to move, and it fell to the ground with a mighty crash. Santa Claus and the zombie elves cheered, and Santa landed his sleigh next to Jack. He thanked the boy for his help, and as a reward, he gave Jack an extra special present, a shiny new cybersecurity badge. From that day on, Jack was known as the hero who saved Christmas from Godzilla, and he was celebrated as a champion of cybersecurity. He lived happily ever after, always ready to protect the holiday season from any threats that might come its way. And that, dear children, is the story of how a brave nine-year-old boy, Santa Claus, and a team of zombie elves defeated Godzilla and saved Christmas. Hmm. How about that? 
quite a different Christmas story, huh? Fresh. You know, that part about, turns out Godzilla is a mech, a mecha. Actually, does that, no, 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 I guess he'd just be a robot. Does a mecha have to be controlled by a human? Let's find out. Define, what is, what is a mecha? In anime manga, a large armored robot typically controlled by a person riding inside the robot itself. And that's a definition from where? That's what Google says. Definitions from Oxford. In uh, 1980s, the etymology, Japanese Mecha or Mika, M-E-K-A, shortened from Mechanizumu, which is mechanism. Mechanikaru or mechanical. Okay. Huh. 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 How about that? Anyway, it says typically controlled by a person. So if we take that literally, super hyper literally, then I guess a mecha doesn't have to be controlled by a person because it says it's typically controlled by a person. So yeah, who saw that coming that turns out Godzilla was a mecha? And um, the nine-year-old that goes to a pretty advanced cybersecurity school, trade school, I guess. All right, I'll leave you with this. We're pushing an hour. I will stop. And what a shame because I you know, could keep going for hours, but who wants to listen to that? Uh, let's try to keep it brief and concise. The problem with this is, you know, I, I've been told I, I like to hear the sound of my own voice. So I must, I must avoid the talking head syndrome where I just ramble about things. Just like what I'm doing this very second. I'm rambling. And it's not, that wouldn't serve what I'm trying to do here. We're trying to create and we're trying to do, not ramble. Create and do not ramble. Maybe that should be a t-shirt. All right. So real quick. Um, yeah, real quick. I got to talk about this too. I can't, I can't avoid this. Generate a sales pitch for a famous soccer player trying to induce someone to buy their used underwear at a premium. Here we go. As a professional soccer player, I am constantly pushing myself to the limit on the field. This means that my athletic gear takes a lot of abuse and my underwear is no exception. I am offering you the unique opportunity to own a piece of my history with a pair of my used underwear. Not only will you be able to own a piece of my personal history, but you will also be supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the sale of my used underwear will be donated to a charity of my choosing. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to own a truly unique and collectible item. Don't miss out on the chance to own a piece of soccer history and support a great cause at the same time. Order now and take home a piece of the action. ChatGPT, nearly flawless in my opinion. This is subjective. ChatGPT, you missed a little opportunity there. I didn't specify it had to be humorous, but by nature the prompt was humorous. You said... Uh, <laughs> Don't miss out on the chance to own a piece of soccer history and support a great cause at the same time. I would have played a little bit more into that support, considering that the soccer player is selling underwear. And buying the underwear supports a great cause, and the underwear supported a great cause. 
Oh, we're pushing an hour. One more thing. One more thing. This is too good not to read. Um, prompt. Three-minute motivational speech from Darth Vader. Output. As a servant of the dark side, I understand the allure of power and control, but true strength comes from within, from a commitment to your own beliefs and principles. Do not be swayed by fear or doubt, but instead embrace the power of the dark side and use it to achieve your goals. Trust in yourself and your abilities, and you will be able to overcome any obstacle that stands in your way. Remember, the dark side is not a path to be taken lightly. It requires dedication and discipline, but the rewards are great for those who are willing to make the necessary sacrifices. So rise up and let the power of the dark side flow through you. Use it to fuel your ambition and drive you towards greatness. May the force be with you. Alright, that was a pretty bad Darth Vader. Um, needs more treble. That was too, like... Whatever. Screw it. Alright? <laughs> so, what's better? Slow clap. What's better than that um, Than that motivational speech from Darth Vader? So, let's be, let's be a little bit clickbaity in our title today. Maybe I won't mention ChatGPT in the title of, the of this stream and the subsequent podcast. Maybe I'll just say, <laughs> pro soccer player sells their underwear for charity. Motivational speech from Darth Vader and zombie elves. That's what I should say if I wanted to create a somewhat engaging <laughs> clickbaity title. So maybe that's what I'll do. That Maybe that's what I'll do. Now, the problem is I haven't really been keeping these uh, show notes updated. I've got to figure out how to maintain... How do I maintain show notes as the show goes on, or at least be able to recall what the contents of the show were in a manner that I can make um, better show notes, but also don't have to sink a bunch of extra time into it? I want to be able to just post this turnkey onto a blog, but also not waste your time as I try to think of all this stuff. So what did we talk about today? We talked about words, history of the dictionary, dictionary. Dictionary. We got that from Britannica. Because the, the reason for these show notes is history of the dictionary. I also want to be able to post a copy link address. Nope, I don't want to do it from Google because it's going to add a whole bunch of gobbledygook in the TLD. All right. The URL, rather, in that instance. History of the dictionary. I'm going to post the links of the things I looked at. Okay, chat GPT. We didn't get to these things. They're saved elsewhere. And um, we'll treat those later. Find the studies mentioned yesterday. Five elements of business, blogging, N-O-S-T-R, Noster or whatever. Outro. I don't know. What are we going to do for an outro, guys? A lot of podcasts say copyright 2020 by Spencer Ingram. No part of this production may be reproduced uh, without express written consent by me. I don't know. Something like that? Maybe. You know, yesterday I googled uh, sexy 
voiceover on Fiverr. I looked it up on Fiverr. I didn't really Google it. And it's hilarious, man. There's a lot of smooth, silky voices out there. And one of them, like, you can hire to do a podcast intro for, like, 10 bucks. Guess what? You're not going to be hearing my voice doing that intro. <laughs> not for 10 bucks. I can get a, a sexy voiceover intro. Who wouldn't want that? Anyway, copyright me. Don't reproduce without my permission. That's the outro, guys. Reality Stretch. Thanks for being here. Show two. One for the books. See, quote unquote, see you next time. Bye.